Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm like, whoa, now Feet up at your house Feet top blowing more pounds Nikes, I got dope feet Crack rocks like a dope feet I got bitches in Florida Be like, be he got water Purple piece smoking Georgia Ryan Hemsworth is a noted musician and producer who originally hails from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Renowned for his early forays in cloud rap and for being a gifted and prolific producer, Hemsworth released his critically acclaimed album Alone for the first time in 2014. His excellent and latest album is called Elsewhere. It's out now via Last Gang Records and his own Secret Songs imprint and features vocal and lyrical contributions from an array of artists from around the world. Ryan and I caught up again just ahead of a Halloween show he was playing in Toronto in 2018, and we discussed his approach to production and collaborating with others, his earliest memories of becoming interested in music while he grew up in Halifax, some of the influences on his own approach to playing music and coming up with beats and tracks for himself and others, what's up next for him, and much, much more. With the support of listeners like you, who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 440th episode of Creative Control featuring the talented and wise Ryan Hemsworth with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Girls don't matter if they're white, blue, or red. Bad bitch with a 
farted. Oh my God, give me more head. Beep, beep, I'm like, whoa now. Feet up at your whole house. She top blowing more pounds. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Very good. Nice to have you back on the show. Thank you. Do you remember the last time you were on the show? It was after the bad, bad thing? No, no that's was, when I last yeah, saw you. We did like a Halifax pop yes, round table. Yes, yes. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, yes, I do now. <laughs> there weren't that many people there. <laughs> yeah. But sure. we that's where we, we met. And it was mm-hmm. for some reason we were paired up with... Actually, was there... Why were we paired up with Bad, Bad, Not Good? Do you remember? Uh, I think just... Well, we have the same manager, so I'm sure. sure he tried to just, you know, get everything going at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But you have like Double an affinity up. for those people? Oh, of course, yeah. They're your buds? Yeah, they're like the sweetest guys ever. Right. Yeah. yeah. They seem like nice guys. For sure. I think. We did a they were on the show again to go through their last album. We went oh, like nice. song yeah. by song. Yeah. And it was kind of intense. Has anyone gone song by song with one of, one of your records? No, not like through the entirety or anything i've talked about like random songs yeah. that i mean usually in, in in interviews they're just like oh this song which is like the single i just put out and they definitely haven't uh-huh. heard the rest of the project <laughs> so, so they don't go through the whole record with you no se. that doesn't oh, okay. uh no well to be honest i kind of stopped doing it. it was too much work i'm sure well just to edit it all in because i would edit in pieces of the music and, and especially stuff. now it's like you know people want to put out 30 track albums yes you don't want to do a five hour how many tracks are on your your album is not short 12 12 is that that's like a reasonable amount i think so i mean i made like countless songs in the last two years and so i I wanted to make it a lot longer but then i realized like i don't think people have the attention span quite as much (laughs) now so just trimming out the fat is yeah yeah. That seems to be a, a theme that's that's come up. Now, you've called the record elsewhere, and I've been talking to lots of people about various kinds of escapism. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you when you think of elsewhere? First of all, it's not about the show Sane Elsewhere, is it? Do you remember that no, show? No, it's not, no. but that definitely <laughs> did come to mind after I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> what does what the concept of elsewhere mean to you? Like this notion of being somewhere else, to be literal about it. In a way, yeah. I mean, I think all my titles are always like there's a few different meanings and uh yeah you know, in a cheesy way but i think mainly a lot of it was made on the road and with different types of people from different genres and different worlds so i kind of realized like in the like the last year is like i need to make the thing that only i can make and mm-hmm. i think that's what you know any creative person needs to approach um their craft with but just realizing that I was like, okay, then that means like, it's not really a Nova Scotian album or a Canadian or whatever. Yeah. I was just like, in my mind, it wasn't really a place. It was just more like a, I don't know, little 45 minute mood that goes all over the place. And so in a way it's just like, I couldn't really target like where it could really be like super popular or whatever i think just it like hopefully it brings together like a lot of weird different like internet kids that like it all across the world i see like i was so it's not necessarily speaking to your desire to be elsewhere or is it designed to take because you know i think a few people have picked up on the fact and you listen to the record you mentioned it's incorporates people from different places and backgrounds it has a worldly aspect to it Mm -hmm. so this notion of creating like a 
travelogue an audio sonic yeah travelogue does that appeal to you uh yeah i mean i i think there is a an element of that too like i don't know i I think when i travel a lot as well people don't even like know where i live or like where i'm from i say like oh i'm in toronto like oh really i thought you were in like la or this or that i don't know why that is so i realized like maybe i'm not even like that obviously grounded anywhere so do you think that's the plight of the producer who doesn't necessarily get to speak for themselves as much as the artists that they, the, the features on their tracks. Yeah, probably. Like people I, assume your perspective is the artist's perspective. Yeah. Or I mean the uh, vocalist perspective. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've always, I mean, my albums have always been kind of like this, like a lot of different voices and, um, you know, my voice is the production, I guess. Yeah. And so I, you know, with their words, I, I don't, influence too much you know i i pick people because i like them and i like what they're saying and how they're saying it so yeah at the moment it feels like it's right for my story you know there's a line on one of the songs and and forgive me because it's escaping me at the moment as you can see i have no notes i'm just i'm trying to rely on my brain (laughs) i like it uh someone mentions something about a woman's forehead (laughs) and then says something a little a little more risque after that (laughs) I just wondered, just about uh, a sexual act right. that might rhyme with forehead. And I yeah. couldn't help but think, what is it about this person's forehead that is so alluring? <laughs> Why would it a, a forehead? I've never thought of a woman's forehead as being something you would desire with such, you know, and then expect something else from the, oh, because you can kind of see the forehead. Oh, my God. Anyway, is, have you thought about what people are saying on your songs? Have they given you pause? <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, like when I'm there and it's being recorded, it's easy to miss stuff for sure. <laughs> I definitely didn't like ghost write that line or no, anything. No, <laughs> I didn't think you would have, but it just, as I was listening to it, I'm like, forehead? Why is that such a turn on? You know, that's what I thought. So I wondered, like, do you have, when people are speaking, it's a weird thing you do. You're yeah. a producer. Mm-hmm. These people are kind of speaking on your behalf. Yeah. When you collect all these voices for your records. Yeah. And I'm fully aware that that can be polarizing or mm-hmm. alienating in a way. Cause like there's definitely people that if they like my music, they actually just specifically like the sad slow songs and maybe not the yeah. ones with Atlanta rappers talking about foreheads. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get that, but I've just sort of embraced it at this point it was definitely what scared me in the beginning because people were like oh but you do this and then you do this it's confusing but yeah um i was like oh is that a reason to like not do all the different things i want to do or just embrace it and weird out some people well you must accept that that's your role that because do you have much lyrical input when someone's coming up with stuff Mm, not really i mean once in a while like i've randomly written like the melodies or Mm -hmm. um with it depends you know like if it's like with a a rapper i'm not really getting in there sure yeah (laughs) you know that's like you know this is your craft and there's certain people that are like looking for feedback and i'll give it like do you give anyone a hook like a chorus or anything and then they kind of craft a rap uh, the verses around it or something not for like the rap songs no, or anything like okay. but for example like uh, the last track on it animal featuring robin from bernice um we made that pretty much all like in my home studio and she wrote it all but like there was definitely like little moments where she was humming and I was like oh it'd be cool to, 
do this or that or right you know that's that's like a comfortable amount of feedback and you know i i do my thing and they do theirs and i i yeah. try to respect that you trust that but if something jumps out you always should just say it i've learned right because sometimes it's a good idea so are there moments on elsewhere where someone said something lyrically vocally or suggested something to you about the production that kind of caught you off guard or took you by surprise or you thought there's like a couple tracks that i wanted on it but they were definitely too risque in that way oh uh indifferent yeah messaging and yeah basically a lot of foreheads <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you know the, i have to like you're saying i do have to kind of consider the voice and the message that's coming out through yeah. the people that are actually talking and singing and rapping on my project. So even, uh, yeah, there's, there's some stuff where I just like, Oh, maybe it'll like leak later on or something. Sure. And yeah. <laughs> bonus song let that live on its own. So it's been four years since your last record. Is that right? Um, full length. 2015 2015 okay yeah. sorry early, early, end of 2014 yeah i thought it was 2014 yeah. but all i was gonna get at is these pieces on your end of things have been gestating since around that time or yeah. before that time yeah i've been working you know constantly since i finished the last one right so i'm just curious when you put the record together and you have all these sort of disparate people coming up with lyrical concepts I, I sometimes feel like when we don't even realize it, when we make a batch of stuff, it's of a time. It's of a time mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Might be of a time for the culture. Mm -hmm. Do you notice any threads that have emerged on Elsewhere? Or did you did you kind of produce the record so that it had a kind of thematic through line? I think so. I mean, uh, I in the process of just the past few, few years working on it, it was really like wanting to almost create way too much, like all different types of stuff that I could possibly while on the road and meeting new people mm -hmm. and then finding like that thread between everything. And so I, I think that's why, I don't know, in the end it, it ended up having like a, a song like animal at the end and a song like special girl, which is like a Afro pop yeah. track. Um, again, kind of realizing like this is what makes me the most excited and like, when I listen to a mix or something and it jumps all over the place, like that's what I love, like the kind of almost disparate, but like somehow threaded together. The mix of moments. one song or the mix of an album? Like a, a Oh, sorry, like a mix, like a radio mix. Oh, a radio like mix. A oh, I see, mix I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. So when you hear sort of dynamic stuff going on in a record, that excites you. Yeah, I like changes and jumping around and sometimes like almost clustered structure and stuff. And um, I don't know where that comes from but I, it's definitely a, a listening experience that i kind of enjoy so in that same vein when you listen to this record do you hear where you were at do you hear where you were coming from like beyond the lyrics do you have a sense of where your headspace was at and maybe what this music might say about it yeah i think so i mean yeah interesting to think of from that perspective well i just it's it's an interesting project for for me to talk about with someone because i don't have too many people who are really behind the scenes on some level but also mm. like this is their work mm. uh, but other people like i've already said other people are kind of speaking for them mm. so i'm just curious like on a musical level like some of this stuff is going back three four years 
it still works. It's still timely. So that's yeah. a testament to you and maybe your vision. But yeah, I just wonder if it, if you think now like, oh, huh, I was in kind of a zone there where I was really focused on this kind of feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think you can really hear the different, I could probably like map it out almost. I think that would probably be the most interesting way. Sure. Like literally with like beep beep and definitely like beep beep was from like an Atlanta session like two summers ago and I spent like a month or two there and made like over a hundred different rap songs and some went on some people's mixtapes and stuff but I kind of held on to a couple from that and then one of one featuring Rex Life Raj and Pilo that was made like in the Bay Area at a different time like kind of earlier in the year so it's like yeah there's like so many different times and places and Special Girl I like partly produced in Tokyo when I was there and then finished it in London with SK who's on the track. So yeah, it's, it's, it is weird to kind of actually uh, sit back and yeah. On, on, as listeners, I think we sometimes look for those cultural markers that you're kind of describing, maybe geographic or cultural, Mm. but I'm curious for you, like, does this stuff remind, do you hear the travel? Do you hear the being away? when you listen yeah. to those songs? Yeah. Does it put you in that mindset of like, oh yeah, I was there. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to me because from my perspective, like the last project, it was definitely sadder because I was sadder, you know, and traveling and uh, feeling a little lonely, like at the peak of like mm. constant traveling and touring. And then with this one, I think I was a bit more patient, forcing myself to be more social and also like, being in studios with people a lot more like I'm pretty influenced by other people's energy yeah and I kind of just adapt to what's happening in a room I think Hmm. so I think that kind of rubs off on the whole project what does that say about you that you adapt to other people's energy like that that's something that to me it kind of evokes like that you have some empathy Mm. uh, that you have a sensitive aspect to like you're sensitive to what's going on around you what does that say to you about you as a musician though? Like you get to Atlanta expecting and you know, you're going to work with whoever you're going to work with and you're probably expecting a certain thing. Does that change because of the vibe in the room? Yeah, I think it has to. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think what you're describing is like, um, not to toot my own horn, but like a producer, like <laughs> yeah, an yeah. ideal producer, yeah. like you need to adapt in a way you can't, you can't walk into a room with 20 beats and just say record and walk away. Like I've had sessions where that's how people wanted to work, but you don't get amazing songs out of that. Really. You mean they expected you to just give them the beats and walk out of the room while yeah. they came up with something? Yeah. I've had like, not like leave, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, here's, here's a beat. Okay. I'm going to record. And in that way, you know, that's one person's way of like knocking out five songs in an hour or something, which is fun. And maybe once in a while you do like kind of strike gold, but does that, is that a, is that like a cultural aspect of what you do? Like there are, this whole thing is fascinating. And I I imagine some people don't really know exactly how it works that Mm -hmm. a producer might say, Hey, uh, I'd like you to jump on a track on my record here's five beats like what do you do in that case or or do you say i have this in mind for you like i know it's probably a case-by-case scenario yeah i think that's what people don't realize like my album is a different case because i'm 
it's my plan. I'm approaching people first. Yeah. Whereas like producers didn't used to do that really. It was like, you're a, you're a Timbaland like, Oh, you've got the fire tracks right now. I'm going to go to your studio and do that. But now it's like, it's totally different in every case. And I think that was the fun with this project. Like Atlanta, I would go in and like one person would just want to post up for like three hours and make as many songs as possible. And a lot of the time it's like, not even with like an objective, like, Oh, these are going to be on my project. It's just like, make songs, make songs, make songs. And what, then, where does that impulse come from though? Like that's, that's fascinating to me. And when you were talking, I was thinking there's this very famous scene of Jay-Z and Timbaland in a studio. Yeah. And yeah. Jay-Z's just, or rather Timbaland's just playing him beats <laughs> and sort of gauging the reaction. Yeah. And when, when Jay-Z can't handle a beat, you can see it in his face. For and sure. And he's con- contemplating what he's going to say over it. Does that happen to you? Like, mm-hmm. are you like, here's what I have. Yeah. Sometimes and, and some that's ra- yeah. the way it is. I yeah. mean, and that's why I had fun, especially cause this project, that was only like one part of the process. Whereas like, I worked with Daniela on the track Lagoons and she's, you know, a real songwriter producer, like wants to like pick at stuff and change. Which Daniela, by the way, Daniela Andrade. Right. Yeah. Just for people listening. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so everyone like really works differently and especially outside of each genre. So that's fascinating too. Cause you might have a singer who's a producer or you work with other producers and then, that must be interesting energy and in it's well, all right. I think like I've especially, I've never been like a cocky producer or like my idea is the only way, Yeah. but I've especially learned that like in the past couple of years, like you really have to just be in the moment um, because one person might just want your full track and record it on it and that's it. Yeah. And that can work. Another person wants to pick it apart for a week or two weeks and then yeah. that also can work great so it's just this constant like just being there being present being open-minded yeah i mean that's that seems like key it's weird that seems like key aspects of being a a musician and collaborating with someone seems like a good advice for being a human being i think so it's just being open to whatever (laughs) yeah i'm i'm hoping like this making music and making projects is like um just training me to be a better person it sounds like that's what you hope does do that i mean just this notion of you reading a room Mm. reading an emotional you know gauge yeah that's key yeah definitely and like socially i think it's helped me a ton like when i was growing up and going through school and everything i was like so quiet and awkward and i'm definitely still those things but i think just (laughs) hopefully a little less and i know how to maneuver a little better. So maybe. we've we alluded to the fact that uh, people don't know where you live. Some people don't know where you're from. The last time you were on the show, we were in Halifax for the pop mm. explosion. As I recall, you are from there. Yep. Yeah. And upbringing was good. Yep. We, Pretty, covered, you we know. covered this ground before, I believe. But I, yeah, you say you were a shy kid. Yeah. Do you know why? Why were you a shy kid? I always wonder um, what, why, when someone describes themselves as shy, I wonder if that's a, a home life thing, if that's a social thing at school. Do you have mm. a sense of what it was? I mean, I I wasn't like a scared kid or anything, just more like I preferred to listen um, and just hang around. Preferred yeah. to listen. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I you mean, I have... showy. No. You, you were like 
you were a modest kid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, my mom said I didn't really like cause much of a fuss or cry too much. <laughs> so. Does your demeanor re- reflect, uh, your family in some way or your, uh, your mother? I have two older brothers and I mean, I think they definitely like wreaked havoc on my mom and everything growing up and they're definitely way, you know, more energetic and crazy than me. So maybe that was a factor just like to, to be around. And I'm like, hmm. they're like uh seven and nine years older than me. So I was definitely the baby. Hmm. So I think that those things all definitely like affect you. You must get asked about the more famous, the, the famous Hemsworth brothers yeah. and whether you, are you connected in any way? No, no connection. No connection. But I was at a show the other day and the girl was like, are you Chris Hemsworth? I was like, so do you think Chris Hemsworth is like DJing here or do you think my name is? Yeah, is, uh, just got confused. Yeah. Right. But I was like, yeah. Sure. But now you have now you mention you have older brothers. Yes, it's just going to further it's confuse even more. Them. They must be those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm never escaping this. So you 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 come up in a Halifax. You're a Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Shy kid, what gets you into music? Exactly. Probably my older cousin, Matt. Um, he's quite older than me, but I definitely always like felt some kind of connection or like looked up to him. I think because my general family, like it was, you know, sports and kind of different things than whatever appealed to me. I never wanted to really play sports yeah. or like do that stuff. And so Matt was in like bands growing up and any bands we would know. I, I don't think so. It was, you know, like Nova Scotia and like he was in like an indie rock band and folk band and stuff like that. And I was, I was, uh, uh, as I think I talked to you about the last time, uh, Halifax music means a lot to me or meant a lot mm. to me when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I got some years on you. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance I might've, you never know if I might've seen one of your, just cause whenever I'm they sure were, I, there was just something enough. about that region just really exploded in, in particularly in the nineties. Absolutely. And yeah. so was he part of that? scene so to speak or was it more modest not as much i mean he um i mean maybe you do know him he runs a company called pigeon row yeah matt charlton oh that's that's my cousin that's your, matt charlton's yeah. your cousin see yeah small world yeah i know matt very well yeah we work yeah. together sometimes on you know he sends me people and i say yeah i'll talk to that person for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he he's definitely worn a lot of different hats in that way yeah um but you know he he definitely put me on the right path early on so. what kind of stuff did he get you into oh i mean he gave me like uh, Smashing Pumpkins albums yeah. in Soundgarden and like 
Beastie Boys and stuff like that, you know, just at like when I was second or third grade, I feel so like starting nice and early with that stuff. I would think for a lay person, uh, the Beastie Boys make sense mm-hmm. in terms of where you went on some level. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other two, not as much. Yeah. Are you, are you, I mean, I think they're there in, in my, yeah. the melodies and everything. I think um, people that like talk to me after shows sometimes they're just like, oh, like I can hear like postal service or like different stuff in yeah. your sounds. And like, that's cool. Like, I don't know how that wasn't an, an intention, but maybe just listening to those chord structures and listening to bright eyes and stuff in high school, in junior high. Like, I think it definitely, it's such an impressionable age yeah. that I don't know. You naturally go back to that. I mean, I, is it fair to assume you are primarily immersed in sort of synthesized uh, music these days, electronic music? Um, like listening? No, I mean or? as a producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I'm producing, I I try to find a good middle ground between key like my keyboard and all those electronic sounds, yeah. and still incorporating samples from whatever soundtracks or stuff I did listen to in junior high. So do you play guitar or anything? Yeah, you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So does that, then that makes it through as well. A little, like I think there's glimpses. I, I it's probably hard to even pinpoint, but it's a, it's just a fascinating realm for some of us. Like the notion of a person who just creates music. I assume you create everything yourself, but you're also in a sample based realm. So mm-hmm. I wonder where you're coming from with all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's also just like, having fun for myself like a lot of the stuff i put into tracks like is more just i don't know i love like for example like playing shows and like throwing in like a random sounds from like pokemon or from like stuff i liked in high school and more just because i can imagine myself like 10 years ago like yeah uh, they don't even realize they're dancing to this or whatever it's like it's just fun for me and no one really gets it but yeah i think that's important to to stay sane maybe what do you remember when you made that sort of realization that you know matt gets you into certain bands artists uh you start playing music i assume Mm -hmm. um do you remember when you got into the realm closer to the realm that you're in now where you were starting to create sort of soundscape stuff and i mean specifically in junior high like i was like (sighs) rap music is not good you thought that? Yeah. Like I was like, cause I started really playing guitar in like grade six, grade seven. Okay. Like every day. So what year is that roughly? Um, just curious. Probably 2002 or three. Right. So just after that kind of weird white stripes, yeah. strokes, making guitars kind of cool. Around again. that time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I find that stuff significant. Uh, just like what's going on me. in the culture at the time mm-hmm. and how that might like for someone to say, ah, rap music's not good. Cause also at that time, the horrible sort of rap rock stuff was just mm. kind of still there. I like the kind of, yeah. Stuff I mean, there's, you know, like any era there's highlights, but I yeah. don't think that was the greatest time ever no. maybe for rap. So I think it, it kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And then I, for whatever reason, just like reached high school at like grade 10. Cause really? you studied hard and, and you, I, I made studies. it. Yeah. Well, you somehow. say for some reason, I mean, clearly you must've done something right to get into high school. Not, yeah. They don't just let anyone into high school. You <laughs> had to have done true. some work. Sorry, go ahead. And, uh, you know, that was like little Wayne mixtape yeah. era. Like that was like the drought is over at three, like whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know why, like Little Wayne was probably like my entry, huh. my gateway into that. Back and into and then it was like going through all of like Gucci Mane and Max B and then like mixtape era was like super my thing. Cause I was realizing like, this is such a better output and way of sharing music than like what I'm listening to now, which is all studio albums and I got to go and save 20 bucks to go and buy this or whatever. What's the distinction then for people? Is it cause it's free? Yeah, state? totally. That's what it was. And, okay. and that, so like, you know, I was also just like a nerd, like going home on the internet, sitting on the computer all day, every day. So I think it was just like the combination of being super fascinated with free music and like, this is like legal free yeah. mixtape shit versus what I was used to up until that point. So then you just, what did you do to get yourself into that world as a musician? I mean, I started, f I found like a, a group called Main Attractions from the Bay Area and they were like the originators of cloud rap, if you want to call it that. And um, what is cloud rap exactly? What, how do you, how do you characterize cloud rap? Really low quality samples pitched down really yeah. low or pitched way up. And um, it's like making quick music at the mercy of um, quality and mixing and everything. Right. Know? So it's like really, have you been characterized as cloud rap? I think initially, cause yeah. I was producing yeah. some for yeah. these guys. Okay. And also it was, it's entirely sample based. Right. You know, it was like literally, you know, like little bees, like I'm God, like these songs were kind of the staples of yeah. that time, which was all like emotion heap samples and, specifically stuff from like the Indian like rock world. So I think that's especially, I was like, okay, whoa, this is exactly what I like yeah. combined. Right. So I think that was really what made me realize like, okay, I can, I can exist. I can find my own little that's pocket. Cool. Yeah. And now your profile is very high. I mean, it's fair to say like when we spoke, uh, whatever, whatever it was four years ago, um, things were really, exploding for you and they still seem to be like at a very very high level do you do you objectively have a sense of what happened like what's going on why is your stuff really uh you know you know risen to this level um i don't know i think i just like especially between like 2012 and 2014 it was, i was just trying to like be non-stop i was like putting out projects remixes touring constantly um I think I was definitely like, I found that, that groove in a way, which I think is just the norm now. Like everyone needs to go, yeah, you know, harder than they possibly can and probably burn out that much so. quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why are they doing this to us? What is, is that our fault? Whose fault is that, that we're burning ourselves out? I think it's yeah, probably on both sides, you know, like I think there's uh, definitely a hunger and it's almost like this capitalist hunger is just to like, put out as much and make as much money and everything but it is kind of a it's a weird time for sure especially yeah. after like because i was doing that so long and then i didn't really put out like a project until like this year right so a lot of it was just sort of trying to smell the roses and <laughs> yeah just make your stuff but take care of yourself a little bit yeah that too yeah. yeah yeah so you mentioned that you were feeling lonely uh and and on uh with, with your previous record uh, and now you're feeling more social. So you're in a good place. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a better understanding of 
me and my age and where I am in the world, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I've always wanted to, I, you know, manage expectations, I think is like super important for a, a, a creative person in, in this age yeah. because you're not going to always be the shit. Yeah. You know, so it's not like you can't just be the shit or like the worst. Like you can be like down for a minute and come back up. And I think uh, a lot of people don't fully grasp that ride. It's they just think they need to be at the top at all times. Yeah, there's a recurring sentiment that's come up with uh, people I've spoken to about how we we just have been too hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. um, uh, particularly creative people, and that's got to stop because our expectations are way too high, and and yeah. we end up hating ourselves. Yeah, and and then it, you burn out, mm-hmm. like you say. So. I, and this is why I was getting it elsewhere, being wondering anyway if it was some escape route. This notion of being somewhere else outside of your. I think I'm always a little bit somewhere else in my head, maybe. Um, that comes across. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's uh, probably pretty obvious. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just. Like always... a fantastical place or just like. Is it looking at yourself almost like something? Yeah, probably more self-aware than like yeah. somewhere <coughs> paradise in <Right>. my head. <laughs> okay. It's kind of, so a lot of that for me is just also like trying to shut that voice up. Yeah. Sometimes if it's too loud. <laughs> well, I mean, you're doing fantastic work and the record's wonderful. Um, what's sort of next for you? Do you have a plan? I mean, I think with this one, it's, been squeezing so many different things and sounds and directions into one thing so i kind of actually want to properly divide that up a bit more so i I definitely have like another ep that i'm planning right now but i want to do like a a few different side projects like one that's a lot more guitar driven and like instrumental yeah and i've been working a ton with like a lot of different artists in japan right now so i would love to just like spend proper amount of time out there and just like for me it's like connecting the dots and that's what I do like with my label and stuff like it's focusing on stuff outside of North America yeah you started a label how long ago a couple years ago yeah like 2014 oh two years ago now yeah the label is called secret songs secret songs yeah what did you you just allude to why you did that like why I start a label yeah I mean um I was finding a lot of stuff and a lot of people i like have like a lot of pen pals and stuff you know like musicians and stuff so um for me it was just like okay you have all these amazing unreleased songs and you don't know what to do with them so i kind of know i'll help like and so it's just been kind of growing from that and learning through that process seeing the other side of the music world is it all digital releases or um i just put out ryan playgrounds most recent and um just last month and that's going to be vinyl. Okay. Uh, that'll be like the first proper. No, I just wondered if in this strange time, mm. if you find it uh, worthwhile to do that as a label person. I think there's still value. Like yeah. I, I still buy vinyl. I think it. Well, I do to, too. To some yeah. people, it's more valuable than ever because it's the only physical aspect anymore. Yeah. But I think also a lot of people are just like, it makes no sense at all. So. Right. You know. I, I just wondered if you had a perspective on that yourself. Mm. So. Okay, so you have a plan for a record, and you're touring quite a bit. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. How's uh, that going? Uh, good so far. Yeah, it's uh, I did just four 
nights in a row until yesterday. And then I've got like one here tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, it continues till December. It's good. It's a co-headline tour with my buddy Giraffage and we came up around the same time. Yeah. Similar music. So it's kind of just like touring with your best bud. That's nice. <laughs> and so we, you have a multitude of voices on your songs. Mm-hmm. How do you reflect that in a live show? I've seen you once and you did a fine job. Did a fine job reflecting them, I tried. Uh, but I'm just curious. Uh, what do you do? I mean, the tours kind of differ, I guess. Sometimes, like uh, you know, when I'm in a certain city, it kind of depends. Like if I'm in LA, I can bring out yeah, a bunch yeah. of those singers and do it live. Yeah. Um, if I'm in like Kentucky, I can't really do that. So it's it. I'm still DJing generally, and I'm playing a lot of my music and I'm also remixing a lot of my own music trying to just keep it fresh for everyone. Yeah. Like there's still, I always kind of forget like people are like buying tickets to like hear my songs. Right. And sometimes that's weird. Cause I <laughs> like, it's not club music as much sometimes. And I don't know, as you can tell, I'm uh, <laughs> constantly deliberating. No, it's fine. I think it's good to be self-aware and thoughtful about these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not, I've always worried like, oh, what, am I going to be on like cruise control at a certain point? But I'm still just like kind of freaking out. Like, it's good. I think that's a, yeah. It means you're not going to be complacent. I think so. Yeah. I'm motivated through fear. <laughs> that's <laughs> fear of being complacent, I think. Yeah. Fear of letting people down, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, again, I think that's, again, don't be too hard on yourself, but I think that's a good, that's a good attribute. Hmm. If people wanted to learn more about you on their phones and computers, and newspapers where would you send them what kind of information uh, is out there about you um probably just my twitter which is at ryan hemsworth okay. um that's usually where i yeah if i have any stupid thoughts or if i'm sharing new music uh, that's probably the closest twitter thing to my brain okay and the record is out on a, a label yeah it's on last gang okay. um through secret songs last gang right and uh yeah it, it's out now so you can listen to it it's great. It's really on the wonderful. Interwebs. Yeah, people should check it out. Is there a song from elsewhere that I can play for people right now listening? Sure. Um, you can play the butterfly effect if you wish to. I can. <laughs> it's I can featuring Ombre Perkins. <laughs> okay. She's a young R and B singer from. Why, why did you pick this song? Uh, I think it's. I don't know. I, it's just on my mind. I think it's a good vibe and. Maybe it's a good entryway if people don't know my stuff. I didn't mean to cut you off, too. You were saying, um, where, is she, where is she from? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like young girl. Like um, she, I brought her up to Montreal to sing at my release party, Okay. Um, which was really sweet to hang out. But actually, that one was really fun because I brought her, Daniela, and Robin from Bernice here. And uh, it was like different worlds, but like it's so cool to see like kind of this thing that I created like yeah. in real life uh, yeah connected by you and they've like you know they got off really well oh nice yeah that's awesome okay well yeah let's play uh, the butterfly effect let's let's that's do sweet. that this is from the album elsewhere by uh, ryan hemsworth ryan thank you so much for being uh, back on my show and for thank making you. time for me it means a lot anytime thanks Can feel my heart in-
Thanks again to Ryan Hemsworth, uh, not only for appearing on this, the 440th episode of Creative Control, but for enduring what I, I think if you've listened to the show uh, lately, recent episodes, you might have heard me allude to the fact that I seem to be suffering from this chest cold or something. Well, I, I can verify now uh, I have pneumonia. I, as I'm speaking to you, I have bronchopneumonia or pneumonia, as it's more popularly known. And I, you may have heard me coughing a little bit while I was speaking to Ryan. I hope for the love of humanity, that I did not make Ryan sick or anyone else sick with this pneumonia. I didn't expect it. I apologize. I thought it was a cough. I was trying to tough it out. I thought it was just a bad cough, but got the pneumonia. As I'm speaking to you, I'm on antibiotics. I should be okay. You don't need to hear about this, but you do probably want to hear about the fact that that was the 440th episode of Creative Control, which I mentioned. Thank you, Ryan, for being on it. Uh, this show is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms, or if you want to learn more about me, sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my site, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative or at vishkana. You can listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly pledge to keep this podcast going. You can change it up. You can do whatever you like. Whatever amount you feel is, uh, is uh, worthwhile and affordable to you. If you ever want to change it, you can. It's flexible. It's a monthly donation. It means a lot. Patreon.com slash Control. 
Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their uh, in-kind support of this show. Uh, thanks, all, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie uh, for letting me use one of his songs to uh, uh, you know, end the show each week. It's called The Rest Is Yet To Come. It's the instrumental version. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, and as usual, thanks to you so much for listening to my show and uh, telling your friends to listen to it and subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you use. It means a lot. Well, I should go rest. I have pneumonia after all. I will talk to you very soon, hopefully. Uh, Bye for now. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.